This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by Campbell Long, a mom-owned law firm helping families at all stages of life, and Whipfly, CPAs and consultants. The Moms Network, a talk show focused on all things mom-related. Today, my co-hosts Patty, Lindsay, and I are joined by Christina Klein-Trapp of Klein Hall, now Whitfley, to discuss everyone's favorite topic, taxes. Mm. Christina, you're going to make this all make sense today, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How did you get into this field? And tell us a little bit more about yourself. I, well, I'll tell you about myself first. My name is Christina Klein, now Trapp, as I just got married, so people are starting to learn that. <laughs> Um, I got. I, I um, was the managing partner at Klein Hall CPAs here in Naperville for the last 17 years, and in November our firm merged with Whipfly, which most people haven't heard of around here. It has an unusual name, but they are the 19th largest accounting firm in the country. Oh wow! And That's awesome. we merged with them for I think it was a good synergies. It get, it provides a lot of resources for us and our firm. And it gives them a location in the Naperville area, which everybody knows how great Naperville is. So why wouldn't they want to be here? Um, so it was just, it was a really good connection together. And interesting, and I don't even know if you knew this, what drew me to the accounting field was because I was a mom. Hmm, I didn't oh. know that. I always do everything backwards. So <laughs> first I got married and I had my kids and then I decided to finish college. And at first I thought I was going to be an elementary ed teacher because they have the summers off. So mm -hmm. I thought this is best for being a mom. And then I met a woman who was a CPA that only worked during tax season. Oh, and her yeah. kids were in school and then was off the rest of the year. And so I thought, maybe I should try this. This sounds like a really great career for a mom. So I took an accounting class and I loved it. And here I am today. That's awesome. Um, I think I never actually only worked tax season. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know you. It I know like you are not just working But just it is an option. Season. It is an option for, you know, sure. for a lot of moms. So yeah. yeah, that's what drew me to the industry. Okay. Flexibility. Which, which is so important, especially when you are a mom. That's, exactly. all, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously you probably have clients that come in that are, oh my goodness, I haven't looked at anything in my taxes or I don't even know anything about my financials all the way up to people that probably you know, know a lot about mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What is your clientele like? Where, what, what phase are people coming to you? All phases? Or? All phases. And okay. we do business um, taxes as well as individual taxes. So we have people that come in just to have their personal tax returns done. And then we have businesses, um, people that are startups, all the way up to people that own really large manufacturing companies. Okay. So we run the gamut and we've ha I think I've seen everything. <laughs> so have you seen, like if somebody walked in, you always have that visual of somebody with a shoebox of receipts <laughs> that just we says, We have that. Here. Yeah. Yes. 
We have okay. some bags that we recognize every year, like, uh oh, here comes the blue bag. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The blue bag of receipts. We know, we know what that is. So, yeah, we do have, it's not recommended. <laughs> that's not one of your tips to no. share. Yeah. I got no, it. No, no, no. Mine are in a Ziploc with the, with the year on it. Well, that's very important. Ziploc's organized. better so, than, a, than a shoebox. I think yeah. so. Right. I think there's some the format. Right. So, what are the main things um, that you want to keep track of every year that a tax professional is going to need from you? So I'm going to go the business approach. Okay. Um, as small business owner, you really want to keep track of your receipts in an organized fashion. Ziploc. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably not in a Ziploc bag. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in a QuickBooks file or something. Now well, we have that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So nowadays, um, well, everybody can use scanners and things like that now. Mm -hmm. So we did put our stuff in Ziplocs and organize them and write, you know, like meals and mm -hmm. travel mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But now things have gotten so much easier. You can take there's software where you can just take a picture of yeah. your, I think, did we just yeah. start with that? Yeah. You could take a picture of your receipt and label it and it just goes into the cloud somewhere and you can recall everything if you need it. I really love oh, that. that's really nice. I don't, I'm not a tech person, so I don't know how it works. I just know that it works and, and it's really user friendly and easy and you don't have to be tech savvy to know how to do something like that. So that's using awesome. software and, and what's out there and available has become a lot easier than it was in the past where you basically felt like you had to have an IT degree to understand how to, <laughs> how to do anything. Right. Nowadays, using your iPhone just taking a picture and saying meals and sending it, it files it away and organizes it. And if the IRS ever comes in, it's all there and you mm -hmm. can recall it. And it um, some of the software will bring it right into your QuickBooks or whatever accounting software you're using. So that's really, really great. That's awesome. Um, as far as if it's your individual taxes, I, I really still think scanning it in and keeping it in a folder as long as you're backing up your computer regularly, because sometimes people do that and they don't back it up and if your computer crashes. You have to back up the computer? Yes, it doesn't oh, just man. do that by itself. It's really hard. I but know. scanning <laughs> it in is really important with all the identity fraud and stuff. You don't want to keep, you know, I even worry about like, I don't know, the cleaning people or babysitters or your kids' friends or whoever comes over and sees mm -hmm. things laying out. It's better to scan it and shred it and just keep it organized by year that way on your okay. computer. Okay. Other than receipts, what else? Like, if I'm going to come see you for my taxes, mm -hmm. what other information do I need to have with me? A copy of your last year's tax return. It would be great mm -hmm. if you had a copy of the last two years' tax returns, mm -hmm. but we can work with just last year. We can see what's going on and where you're at and ask the right questions from that point. Great. Okay. As far as I have two teenage boys that both work. Mm -hmm. um, at what point are they subject to having to file a tax return? If you work at all, if you get a, a 1099, if you get a W-2? So those are, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. Four questions in one. So if you get a 1099, then yes, period. Okay. Re you know, regardless, that you need their self-employment tax and things that go along with that 1099 from working. Okay. Um, if they have a W-2, there's a threshold amount where they have to file. It's over $3,000 or you know, on the spot, I don't remember because it changes a little bit every year, but it's relatively low. Most kids that work a part-time job, if, if you're thinking just 3,000 as like a, a mental, it's not exactly 3,000, but as like a mental block, mm -hmm. it's below that, they, they're probably okay. It's okay. better to ask, but they probably don't need to file at that point. Okay. But if it's above that, then they're, then they're gonna need to file. Okay. And also, they're, you're gonna want to file for them if they have a W-2, even if they're not required to, if the employer has withheld taxes, mm. because you'll want to get that refund. Right. So if okay. you've got a teenager working at the mall and they took out, you know, they made $1,500, but the employer took out $150 of federal tax, they're not required to file, but we want to file for them and get that $150 back because they didn't need to pay it in. 
So, so they won't. They refund. would not get that back unless they filed. Correct. I think ah, it's a good idea to even just kind of start it as a teaching. Mm -hmm. um, right. learning moment, right? So right. I grew up babysitting. I was making $5 an hour when I was 12, 13 years old. My parents still did it with me. And now as a small business owner, that was important to me when I started my business to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Compared to just, oh, you know, I'm just going to go out there and make some money. So even making a little bit of cash as a 12-year-old, <laughs> right. my parents and I did, I mean, we did that. They taught me how to do that. Yeah. So it's not a bad learning experience. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I had true. a girlfriend, um, a good friend of mine growing up, she saved $10,000 babysitting through high school. Wow. Put wow. it in an investment account. And then when she got divorced, she had $40,000 that had grown. Wow. And that was her new nest egg. I was like, wow. One of my favorite, babysitting. One wow. of my favorite stories that I think parents should be aware of, since we're talking about kids, is if your child goes to work someplace and they're working as an employee mm -hmm. to make sure that they're treated as an employee and that they are getting a W-2 mm -hmm. and not a 1099 yeah. because 1099 is going to cost money. And my, my favorite story was my own daughter. And she was in college and tax time came and I asked her, you know, where's your W-2? She had been working at a, a company as a dog walker mm -hmm. throughout college and she said w-2 and i said well yeah where's your dub you know they should have given it to you but i need it yeah she says, i don't think i signed up for one of those so we all started to make fun of her we're like i'm like what do you mean you didn't sign up you don't sign up for one they give you no she was telling the truth so so after we all left and thought she was being ditzy she actually received a 1099 and she had made like $3,000 or something doing wow. this dog walking. So this, and she should have been an employee and the employer did that because they didn't want to pay right. the FICA yeah. taxes. Yep. So when I went to go do her tax return, she owed like five or $600. So I had to call the owner and I said, you know, she should have been an employee. Yeah. And he said, well, we don't do that. And I said, well, you, you need to do that. And then after some negotiating, he gave us the money for her tax bill. Wow. So, so it's really important. I've had so many parents where their kids have come in where they've worked for people and not known the difference. And then when yeah. they said, you know, why does my child owe this money? They only, you know, worked because you can't really ever get out of self-employment tax. Yeah. And so it's really important to make sure that your kids know that they signed up for that W-2. Uh, that's really yeah. good advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know in my practice, um, massa the massage therapists that work for me are employees mm -hmm. because we give them the patients, we provide right. The, mm -hmm. everything for mm -hmm. them. They just have to show up and do the service. So Correct. the difference between being an employee and a 1099, 1099 uh, person would be someone that said, hey, can I use your room? And sure. maybe there are a couple of patients of mine that use them, Control. but they're on their own schedule. They have their mm -hmm. own business, mm -hmm. right? So it's very, very different. And a lot of people want to do the 1099 because it's cheaper as a business owner. Correct. Right? But, and it would be very unusual for a teenager or somebody in their early 20s to truly qualify as, as a 1099 yes. because that really means you're doing your own thing for multiple people. Yeah. You set your own schedule, right. you bring your own equipment, and kids just don't do that. It's more so. of a contract position. Yes. Yeah. I do a 1099 for my Santa Claus in my studio. Yeah, oh, photography yeah, studio. So he, yeah, you know, he's working for multiple other photographers. Of course. And yep. you know, under like you said, under three thousand right. dollars or whatever right. it is, exactly. I kind of try to stay in that range so that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's his and own that, business, and that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. So, how do you counsel? women that come into you to make sure that they are just as active in their finances and their taxes as men. To be stereotypical, many times it's the husband or the man that's that's doing that. And we've had a lot of conversation, healthy conversation about making sure that women are just as actively involved. Right. So how do you tackle that subject in your practice? And unfortunately, a lot of the times that this comes to our attention is when it's already an issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a woman comes in and it could be a divorce. It could be oftentimes a death. 
mm. um, where um, it's an elderly woman and her husband has passed away and she has no idea because yeah. the husband has always done all of the finances and she feels very afraid and clueless. Um, or it could be a divorce with, you know, with even a younger person and the man just always did everything and then they, they're embarrassed and they don't mm. want to come in. And usually it's referred to me by somebody who's like a banker or somebody um, who is saying, don't be embarrassed. There's yeah. no reason to be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, usually they wanted to work with a female and our location is 85% female CPAs. So they'll come in and the first thing that we do is just tell them it, when there's nothing wrong with trusting your husband, right? So yeah. don't yeah. feel bad about yourself that, that, that this happened, but let's correct it. Let's educate ourselves. And it's really important for them to share that with other people then, like don't get yeah. in the same situation yes. that I was in. It's really important to understand that when you sign your tax return, whether you prepared it or not, you are responsible for the information on that return. So yep. if you don't understand it, ask someone. If, ask if your husband has prepared it, ask him to explain it to you so that you understand where the income is coming from and that it makes sense to you. And if you're un unable to get him to explain it to you, go outside and ask for help. If someone were to come to our firm and just say, you know, I really feel like I need a little bit of help understanding this and I've gone to my spouse and I, I'm not really able to get clarity, would somebody be able to spend like five minutes with me and just go yep. over this and explain to me what this means? We would absolutely do that. We've done that before. Okay. So it's yeah. really important though to understand what right. you're signing because if something goes wrong, saying I didn't understand is not get you out of the tax, right? Yeah, okay. So ignorance is not a defense of the tax law, unfortunately. Okay. And in order to be an innocent spouse for the IRS and get out of something, you have to have meet some extreme circumstances, which most of us, thank God, don't, don't meet those circumstances. So it's just really important to be aware that you're not just signing off on something and being like, oh, well, that you actually understand what you're signing and that it makes sense to you. Yep. Seems logical. Yep. I know I had a, a friend of mine that went through a divorce and she came to me and she said, I have no idea where we bank. I don't know the passwords. Mm -hmm. I don't know where our investments are. I don't know how That's much we scary. have. And she's like, I just, I, you know, she felt like, how could I have done this to myself? Right. And I was like, because you were in a partnership and you trusted and you exactly. split things up and you did this part and he did that part. And mm -hmm. it's something to feel embarrassed about, but it is a story and a tale to continue to tell to make sure that um, young women that are going into partnerships or, you know, any mm -hmm. age woman is really paying attention and knows right. what, what they're responsible for, or what they're not. And right. it's okay for somebody to take the lead on one and, and someone yeah. to take the lead on the other, but be aware of it. Absolutely. Like you said, Absolutely. you know, if he's going to pay the bills, that's great, but know where your bank is. Yep. Understand your tax return. Know your you passwords. Know your password. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep. Right. Yep. right. Password keepers. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Taxes can be confusing and a little scary. Facing your finances head on, no matter what they are, is the best strategy, along with having a tax professional by your side to help you understand the ins and out of it. Thank you, Christina, for joining us today. And we'll be right back with more of the Moms Network. This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by Campbell Long, a mom-owned law firm helping families at all stages of life, and Whipfly, CPAs and consultants. We tell everybody's stories. 
Stories big and small. Everybody's story matters to us and it comes in a variety of shapes and sizes and that's what makes it so special. We don't always need a big story. Sometimes we want a story that makes us laugh. Sometimes we want a story that we relate to. Sometimes we want to cry with that story. But more importantly, we want to hear the stories about our people in the community. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by Campbell Long a mom-owned law firm helping families at all stages of life, and Whipfly, CPAs and consultants. Welcome back to the Moms Network. This segment we are discussing estate planning. Lindsay Patty and I welcome Cindy Campbell from Campbell Long LLC to discuss wills and estate planning. This is another topic that some moms and families kind of stick their head in the sand about, but it is so important to have. Cindy, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into law and found this specialty? Sure. Um, well, uh, I was always kind of interested in the law, but how specifically I found this specialty is because right out of undergrad, I actually worked in hospice for a little bit. Oh, wow. So okay. I saw kind of firsthand how mm -hmm. not having your estate planning documents can really tear apart the family. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of my first, uh, first leg in the water, so to speak, of like getting an introduction into estate planning. Mm -hmm. And then my first... Um, law firm that I worked at in law school was an estate planning uh, law firm and I loved it. So um, that's how I got into it. So if you pass and you have nothing in place, tell everyone what, like, what does that look like? Okay, so that's Meaning, what bad. are the implications? <laughs> of course. No, I understand. I figured we'd start with this is what happens yeah, if yeah, you don't yes. have it. Uh, so that's actually a really great question because I feel like a lot of um, people, a lot of moms don't, and, and dads don't realize uh, what that looks like. Yeah. And they just kind of think, oh, well, if I don't do anything, somebody else will take care of it. Yeah. Or it goes to my kids. Yeah, right. or it'll all just go to my husband or my mm. spouse, right? And then my spouse will take care of my kids. But actually, in Illinois, that's not the case. Instead, it, all of your probatable assets will go half to your spouse, half to your children, which then oh. you might think, oh, so what? My spouse will just step in and manage that for my children. Right. No, your spouse will have to go into court and get guardianship over your children to be able to manage the their portion of it wow. for the children. Oh my goodness. Wow, yeah. wow. what if they're adult children? Uh, nope, then uh, just 50% <laughs> goes to the adult children, 50% goes to your spouse. And then the spouse really doesn't have no. any ability to, no. to manage no, that money. No, it's half the children. And so this is how wow. also people think, oh, well, if I don't do estate planning, uh, there won't be any fighting, right? right? It's the complete opposite. If you yeah. do your estate planning, then there won't be any fighting. Yeah, wow. And what are the differences between wills and estate planning? Are they two totally different things? Is one part of the other? Yeah, uh, so wills are part of estate planning. So wills are always where I start with parents and I say they're a must. If you don't have anything else, get a will in place. Yeah. Please, 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 because a will nominates guardians. Okay. Um, it also says how your estate is going to pass, but um, if you have a trust, uh, you also have a will. But if you have a will, you don't always have a trust. <laughs> so sometimes they work um, together, and sometimes you just have a will, and it nominates guardians, and it says how your estate should pass. And sometimes you have a trust that manages the money and says mm -hmm. this is how the money is going to be managed. And then the will primarily just says how the guardians, or wh which guardians are going to be appointed. 
Hmm. Okay. This is always a topic like you never want to talk about. Like, <laughs> right. I never want to it's talk like, about oh, death. Right. And I don't want to talk, but it's yeah. so important that you do that. It's something I had heard about, like estate planning. It's not just stuff about after you pass. Your estate plan, mm -hmm. you could also put in there things like if I should be sick and yeah. what happens mm -hmm. to me then. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I strongly suggest if you don't have those in place, those can be really important right now. Uh, be, and that being durable, your powers of attorney, a durable power mm -hmm. of attorney and your healthcare powers of attorney. So your durable power of attorney can name who would step in in the event of a temporary state of incapacity. Okay. So uh, it, it can also name temporary guardians. So uh, mm -hmm. let's say you are in a temporary state of incapacity, you're in a car accident, right? Mm -hmm. yep. You need somebody to step in and pay the mortgage. You need somebody mm -hmm. to pay the utility bill. You need somebody to pick the kids up from preschool that day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, right? It's a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. How do you work with your clients? One of the reasons my husband and I kind of took a while to work on these sorts of things is so we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And we kind of figured while the kids are young, my parents, my husband's mom, you know, grandparents would be able to help at mm -hmm. this stage. Mm -hmm. What happens down the road when our kids are older? Hmm. You know, my parents mm. are in this area, um, and we would probably want to keep our kids in this area, obviously. So, let's say down the road, you know, is there a way to determine? Okay, uh, if it's ten years from now, mm -hmm. we would want this person, but if it's right now, we would want my. You yeah. know what I mean? So that sort of thing. I yeah, always say about that. plan for right now. Okay, mm -hmm. because. You can always you amend can your it. documents, okay. right? And so, okay. God forbid, if something were to happen right now, who would you want to step in sure. and take over that role, whatever that role is, sure. right? And then if something happens to that person also, I suggest naming a few different people. Sure. So mm -hmm. if the first listed person is unable or unwilling to act, it will go to the next person. Okay. So let's say your intent is that your parents would step in if they're able to sure. and be guardians, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then let's say it's 10 years from now and they're not in a place... Yeah physically yeah. or what have you, mm -hmm. where they're able to do that. They just say, gosh, I can't take that on right now. Two mm -hmm. little kids, I'm, I'm at a place in my right. life, I'm just too old. Um, then if you list somebody else, they could pass essentially and it would go to the next listed person. Okay. Mm. So you can't force someone to act in a role, right? <laughs> right. Um, you can appoint right. them. You can appoint hopefully, them. hopefully you're talking to them before you make decisions. <laughs> right. Hopefully exactly. you're not just yeah. listing them. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. you're saying, hey, we just wanted to let you know, would yeah. you be willing to, yeah. you know, right. yeah. But even still, if when push comes to shove, that, yeah. that really at that happens. time they can't right. for whatever reason, because you know who knows life, yeah. what life throws at you, and uh, then it would just go to the next person. Yep, I'm divorced, so when we got divorced about 12 years ago, that change we then revisited both of our wills, mm -hmm. obviously, because things had changed, but. Um, the chances of me and my ex-husband passing at the exact same time in like mm -hmm. a car accident or a plane accident mm -hmm. now became almost zero. Right. So that instantly turned, I believe, my ex-husband into the guardian yep. for my ch child yep. if I were to pass. And then there were provisions if for whatever reason we both passed. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think people get scared of this topic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about something that only happens if someone dies or becomes incapacitated. And that's a scary topic. It is. but. A temporary incapacity, especially, I feel like is so common. Yeah. Yep. Little things happen all the time okay. where yep. you might need somebody to step in and just do something quickly for you. Yep. Right? Um, but you need that person. Um, or, or maybe it's not quick, right? Maybe maybe you become permanently incapacitated. You need somebody to care for you. Um, or sadly, nobody wants to think about it, but there's a lot of disease and sickness out there. And, yeah. um, 
it's much harder to sit down with an mm -hmm. estate planning attorney and do your yeah. estate planning documents when you know yep. you have a sickness versus yep. I'm just doing it to be safe, to make right. sure my family's protected, God forbid. Yep. And if that ever happens, you don't have to worry about it. It's already taken care of. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that gives you such peace of mind because when you're yeah. in the middle of it, like if you're mm -hmm. waiting till you're sick or something bad, yep. then your, your emotions take over and yep. you're not really thinking clearly at those points. You have yeah, so many other things point. to deal with at that point. So to right. try to throw on, oh, let's start from scratch and create mm -hmm. this. Um, can you give us kind of a little timeline of when do you start this process and then when are those check-in points to revisit it? Mm -hmm. You know, I realized I, I did a will and I, I literally just reached out to my attorney and said, hey, I probably should look at this. I haven't looked at it for six years, mm -hmm. right? Things have changed. Mm -hmm. So yep. when, are, when are those timeline or um, events or general timeline of to revisit the will and, and trust? Yeah, um, and I would say as far as when to start, I would say now. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yesterday. Um, right. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, but truly, do it now. People always push it off. It's not a fun topic, I yeah. get that. Um, but you know, we try to make it as painless as possible, yeah. um, and it's just protecting. And God forbid, what if everything's right. taken care of? But do it now, seriously. Don't wait. It makes it much harder. It changes the um, the meeting. Uh, and then I would say, as far as when you're revisiting, uh, I was major life events. Mm -hmm. uh, so a divorce, a death, let's say you're, something happens to one of the guardians that you are going mm -hmm. to appoint. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's meet and change that order mm -hmm. then. Um, or let's say you named co-guardians and now they get divorced. Oh. Oh. Right? Do you Devil's want, in the details. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think of do you that. still want them to be co-guardians? Right. Probably not, right? right? right. Um, so. Or which one do you like better? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So. <laughs> Tough decisions, but right, um, right. things that need to be done. Um, I, otherwise, I would say a good rule of thumb is probably every five to seven years okay. um, because the laws change so much. Mm. Right, right. Um, and then another question is, if someone's coming in and does nothing done, how long of a process is it? You know, is that a one hour meeting and then a couple of hours of your time? Or is that, hey, we have five meetings and it's 15 hours, you know, like just a general, sure. I understand everyone's gonna be a little different yeah. depending on the complexity yep. of their finances and what they have, but in general. Um, if it's like a simple, uh, not too complex estate plan, usually I meet with the clients for an hour or two, then I'm drafting the documents, they're reviewing, we review together, then they meet with me to sign. Uh, start to finish, it's probably a month or two. Okay. Um, you know, from with a few meetings in there and reviewing the documents and communication. Obviously more complex. It, yeah. You know, I have a client right now where I'm consulting with an attorney in Spain and we're working wow. with that, oh, with wow. the Spa Spanish right. attorney to, uh, deal with the tax consequences in a different country and here mm. and to make sure that um, they don't get stuck in a tax trap in either country. Um, so yeah. that is taking a little longer, right? <laughs> <laughs> a few more emails so, yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. right. um, and then one of the last things I know we always want to cover um, is making sure that mom is involved in this process as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we find that many times, you know, it's if you're splitting up gender roles, sometimes stereotypically, you know, the, the woman is doing more of the cooking or more of the child rearing, especially a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. um, making sure that that the woman and the man are both there at the meeting, understand everything. Mm -hmm. So what lengths do you go through to make sure that that's happening? 
well, I, I would say to, to both of the parties, the husband and the wife at the meeting, uh, I used to teach a little bit. So yeah. I really just try to explain everything in a lot of detail. Okay. Um, I use like charts and graphs and I draw <laughs> pictures and I literally have a whiteboard and I get That's up and fantastic. I'm drawing stuff. Um, and I just really want to make sure that both of them fully understand why they're doing the documents, what they're doing. I want to make sure that I under, understand their intent. Mm -hmm. um, because estate planning is not a one-size-fits-all. It truly is, I meet with you, I'm listening to what your intent is, and then we're creating a plan together so that it reflects your intent, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's yeah. not specifically to a, a, the woman or the man, but really both of them, and, and it has to be that way because sure. I have to make sure I have both of their mm -hmm. uh, intents reflected in the documents. And are, are there differences in how they want it planned though? Do you see differences sometimes, between men and sometimes. women? Sometimes. Often um, the man will just go with what the woman wants. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the reverse. It's yeah. the reverse is what I was going to say. It's the reverse when we were talking about finances. It's usually yeah. the opposite. But in this, but that makes sense because these are the kind of documents where you're talking about mm -hmm. the care yeah. of your, usually your children mm -hmm. and of your assets and, and women just tend to be, that's kind of their focus. Mm -hmm. Right, let's plan, if I'm not a, available mm -hmm. to take care of my right. kids, it's probably be. much of the driving force for mm -hmm. many couples coming in right. at that point once they have kids. Right, Yeah. that's yeah. when I would say, do you think that that is when you see a lot of people when they have children, that's when they think, okay, we need a will. Absolutely, yeah. that's yes. when we start yeah. worrying Absolutely. about it. We yeah, have, yeah, until yeah, yeah. Kids are born. Yeah. yeah. Uh, myself included. Even though, yeah, even given your profession. Yeah. Even though I started doing estate planning in 2006, it wasn't until I had my first son, I was like, oh, I should probably do my will and my For process. us, it was even the first time we flew That's great. without them. Oh, it wasn't yeah. even when they were born. It was the first time that we were going to be leaving them with grandma and grandpa. And mm. we were like, oh, yep. if something happened. Yep, right. Yeah. You don't want to think about that. Like you yep. said, no, you don't want to think about no, it. No, but, but you want to have that covered mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, it's going through the proper process. and and uh, channels. Yeah. yeah, and it'll keep you up at night if you yeah. don't have, as a mom, yes. yeah. when I first had my son, how do I not have this in place? Yeah. So there's no yeah. judgment when people no, come right. and say, I haven't done them. <laughs> right. I'm like, right. yeah, trust me, I get it, I get it. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. I have talked to so many moms and dads that have kids, businesses, and investments, but do not have a will or estate plan. We hope this segment takes this item from the we need to do this someday to we need to do this now checklist. Thank you, Cindy, for joining us for this important conversation. Thanks for watching the Moms Network. And remember, you are always invited. Thank you. This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by Campbell Long, a mom-owned law firm helping families at all stages of life, and Whipfly, CPAs and consultants.